Hey everybody, Fifty Diossi, the main old man, and Rick Serrano the third is the best host of the POV podcast. And I'm not saying that because he's paying me, but everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. <laughs> Make sure to listen to the Wrestling POV podcast. Wrestling POV is preposterous, is obnoxious, is atrocious, is ridiculous, is cheerless, is interesting. How's it going, guys? And of course, we got the gentleman from Wrestle POV Global, Elio Canella. It's great to be here. Uh, how's it, uh, yes, sir? It, it's hard to not laugh after hearing Ted DiBiase's laugh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to hold, I had to hold in my laughter. <laughs> that He's... cackle of his. Oh, Ted, I, I'm loving seeing Ted DiBiase back on TV, guys. I love it. I don't know about you guys. What are your thoughts? He looks yes, good. He does. Yes, and he's still got that swagger. So yes, that's Ted DiBiase for sure. For sure, man. Love it, love it. Uh, one of the most underrated wrestlers to not win a championship, I feel, in my opinion. But he didn't need it. He had the million dollar title. You know that was that was epic. Do you yes. think Cameron Grimes brings out his own version of the million dollar title? Uh, I could I could see him doing it. Obviously, from how they're going with. This whole like, oh, it's not a million dollar watch. And then Cameron's probably gonna be like, Well, watch, I'll do something better and bring out his own title. So, <laughs> I, who knows? That's a smart idea though. Yeah, I, listen, smart ideas come off of me just like the water comes off a fall. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get straight into it, guys. Our spotlight this week, Ray Mysterio. Should he have one more singles title run? Now, I posted this because, honestly, it's like everybody loves Rey Mysterio. I've, I've had a, my issues with him in the past couple of years. Um, I feel like he's long overdue to retire. But there are people out there that say they want to see one more run. Now, I'll go with uh, Elio first. Elio, should Rey Mysterio Jr. have one more singles title run? Does he have it in him? No. This because because this isn't the same Rey Mysterio of the past. Like he's older, he's had injuries. So I think uh, like his um his uh best days like are are like behind. already behind him. So I'm yeah, gonna say no. All right, all right, uh, Clay, what are your thoughts? You know, as much as I really like Rey Mysterio, uh, growing up watching him was awesome, especially his matches with Eddie, just phenomenal in general uh but like elio said his best days are behind him you know he he's getting older he's got major injuries uh throughout his career and i think he's just done basically uh, as as a world champion in general i think he's mainly there because of his son and uh i think that's what he wants to keep doing and i just don't see him having another big run in wwe all right so let me make this maybe simpler not a heavyweight championship run. What about a cruiserweight intercontinental U.S. title run? Is that something that would change your mind, or are you guys still sold on? No. No. Nah. I, th I think he, honestly, he could put on a decent match still. I mean, that's that's great, but I honestly think he's just, he's done. Okay. Yeah, that's you know what? For me, 
I agree with you guys. I think Rey Mysterio is done. I think right now what Clay said was correct. He's doing this for Dominic. Getting Dominic the spotlight, you know, let him look good. Um, but Rey Mysterio, man, I, I thought his time was done years ago, a couple years ago at least. Um, but this crazy idea keeps popping in my head. Maybe a Cruiserweight title run wouldn't be terrible. You know, him and Kushido could definitely put on a show. Or just, just to elevate the Cruiserweight title. I feel like, it. yeah, it's NXT's title, but I think it could be a, a WWE thing and bring it back to the main roster. I think it would do uh, well up there. I think Rey Mysterio putting his name on it would definitely uh, give it some... Didn't he have it on 205? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, 205... I mean, isn't 205, isn't that kind of like main roster light? Yes, it is. And it's also supposed to be for cruiserweights. Yeah, so... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, no, I, yeah, I agree with you guys. I think Rey Mysterio's time for singles is done. Um, let me throw this question out at you guys. Should him and Dominic win the tag team titles this uh, upcoming pay-per-view? Yes. Yeah, I would feel they're going to do that. I would... You know what? I think that's one thing that Ray's dream was. And that's that's incredible in itself in any sport. If you're going to, you know, be with your son and win the tag titles, I feel like that would be the ending point to Ray's career. Like, he's done it. He's already done it all. If you win the tag team titles with your son, that's a major accomplishment. And not very many people in sports in general can say that. I mean, yeah, I think the only one that comes close to me is Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr., Mm -hmm. um they both hit back-to-back -back home runs that's something you never ever see again in the history of baseball i feel yeah so that was an amazing feat i think it'll never be uh replicated uh and i think ray mysterio winning tag team titles i'm not upset at it but you know what ray stay out of singles because you're done <laughs> speaking of done uh everybody thought eva marie was done and all red, everything came back with the pink attack. And I'm telling you, what are your thoughts on Eva Marie? And, guys, I'm going to cut you off, and I'm going to take over on this one because Eva Marie is my A1 steak sauce. She's finger-licking good. I always thought she was the bomb, diggity bomb. But people on this show named Tony Diaz and Mimi Goody always made fun of me and said that she's not worth anything. But you know what? Guess who's back? Eva Marie. You know who's not back? Brie Bella. Nikki Bella, they're at home. So I am excited for Eva Marie's return. Clay, your thoughts on Eva Marie returning? Well, I would have to be the opposite of you, Rick. Um, <laughs> you know, as, as pretty as she is, she really is. And I think that's all WWE has looked at her. Honestly, it's going to be hard for me to have her career go back like to be relevant just how wwe portrayed her the first time i don't think she's the greatest wrestler in the world i just to me i'm just not the biggest eva marie fan and this whole thing i feel like it's just gonna squash after two weeks wow you don't believe in the evolution no evolution <laughs> is a mystery no <laughs> elio <laughs> Okay, uh, so I've never been the biggest Eva Marie fan. Um, from when uh, from her first run, like they just like messed that up terrible. She wasn't always the greatest, but uh, so now she's back. Uh, it's hard to say, but like, like if uh, they if they book her right, this this run might be better. You might see some, but I don't, I don't know, I don't see it. So you don't have high hopes for evolution? I'll, I'll give it more than two weeks. I'll be generous. Okay. All right. More than two weeks. You know what? I, we don't know what her role is going to be. She could be a manager. Maybe she's making an evolution, you know, a, a female group. They were talking about making a female group. That wouldn't be bad, right? All pink everything. Evolution. All <laughs> pink everything, yeah. Yeah. But – what so let's let's play a little fantasy booking. What woman would you want to see if if this was an evolution uh, faction? What women would you want to see in this group? I think Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke fit right in. I think that would be a perfect pairing. I think uh, move, I think move Carmella to Raw and add her. Oh, that would be good too. Clay, you got anybody else? 
I was going to say Mandy and Dana would probably fit that role real well. Um, if Eva is running this, I could see that happening. Uh, just like Elio said, Carmela, same way. Like, what are we going to do with Carmela? Looks, it, it looks like she's going back to the Staten Island princess type deal, and she could pull but she it off. Still has that same, she still has the new music, though. Yeah, yeah. true. True. But, yeah, just about the same thing. I can, I can see that happening. Yeah, so so let's not let's not crap all over evolution. Let's give it a chance, people. Eva Maria is back, Jack. Oh, everybody <laughs> deserves a chance, but uh, it's gonna be a short chance. Damn it! <laughs> Vince McMahon is like, oh god, damn. I'm gonna be I'm fair. Gonna... I'm gonna give it a chance. Yeah. All right, fair chance. I'm giving it a great chance. I think she's gonna turn it around. Give her a chance. All we are saying <laughs> is give you a chance. With, with that being said, let's get into some birthdays. Yahoo. Wow, Elio. I know. I just want you. What? Elio, you gave it, like, first of all, there was a five-second delay. The Yahoo wasn't. I'll give you one more chance. Let's get into some birthdays. Yahoo. Oh. Man, Yahoo! All right, it's ongoing. <laughs> My voice isn't even isn't here there today. Uh, <laughs> Elio's voice. Elio forgot to turn his voice on today. All right, Elio. The Rock turns forty-nine years old. Wow! Wow! If I look like that at forty-nine, man. Mm-hmm. I'm, Man, this guy is in solid shape. He takes great care of his body. He's very uh, within his body. He's very nurturing to his body. He takes care of it. All the damage that wrestling has done to it, he is really, really taking care, good care of it. So uh, happy birthday, Rock. Um, Absolutely. And I will say this, Rock, please respond to me, man. Every year at your birthday, I put a picture of us up, you and me. The rock standing together side by side, and you don't respond. Come on, man. <laughs> Speaking of kicks, Dakota Kai turns 33 years old. Ooh, wow. Wow. Yeah. You know what? Dakota Kai main roster, maybe? No? 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 No. No. <laughs> no. Wow. Oh, yeah. I forget. Clay does not like the Dakota Kai. Not really. I just with her, I just don't like I don't know what it is about her. It's just I'm not a fan of her matches. It's not her look. It's not, you know, anything else like that. It's just something about her. I just don't like. Okay. It's just me. Well, you know what? That that's wrong of you, Clay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh Kevin Owens turns 37 years old. KO. Now, you know, that, that seems like a little younger than I thought he would be. Honestly, I thought KO was a lot older. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's I been think, in the business forever, you know. Yeah, I was thinking 43. He's 37. Still in his prime. Yes, yes, he is. Um, with that being said, let's get into the wrestling news from around the world. <laughs> Tony, you can't take off, man. All right? <laughs> you can't. Speaking of taking it off, Kalisto will be taking off, and he's making his pro boxing debut. What? He's going to be boxing, guys. Wow. <laughs> wow. I would have never pictured Kalisto. <laughs> right? <laughs> now, the question goes as this. Is he going to be boxing with his mask on? <laughs> <laughs> that would be something. That would be interesting. But would, would, he be the first, would he be the first masked boxer? The luchador boxing, yes. The luchador boxing. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Uh, well, yeah, it, yeah. Good luck, Kalisto. I mean, that us here at the Wrestling POV podcast, we're not going to judge you. Good no. luck with that. Yes. Um, Bully Ray is not happy with how AEW is treating the Impact title. Now, if you saw this past week's Dynamite, you would see Nakazawa is walking out with the Impact title. Mm. Now, do you guys think that's disrespectful? Elio, you think it's disrespectful? This, this is uh, the crossover storyline, right? So I guess uh, 
it would make sense. Like uh, Omega's a champion, uh, Nakazawa like holds the championships for the champion. Yeah. yeah. All right, Clay, what are your thoughts? I just, I think it is kind of disrespectful, honestly, to have Nakazawa walk out with it. If anybody should, it's uh, Kenny Omega. Uh, it, It's just. Yeah, I'd, I'd switch the titles. Give, let Nakazawa hold the AEW belt for Omega and give Omega the impact since that's the most recent one that he won. Exactly. That's true. Exactly. All right, you know what? For me, it's just like, why don't the guy that has the titles hold them? <laughs> well, like, that's exactly. That's if you're going to be a, the belt collector, shouldn't you be holding all the belts? Exactly. Put the like, two on your shoulders and one around the waist. I mean, Chris Jericho did it. You know, and exactly. seven did it. Yeah. And it, so, and anybody like Michael Na- or Nakazawa, seriously, like you're going <laughs> to have him come out and walking like he's all this and that i'm like dude no um, yeah no <laughs> yeah no i feel you guys all right guys it is now time for the nxt uk report with our uk correspondent matt novak matt take it away this week's show promised great things from the fields for the past few weeks and we've run the show with a promo from the loser leaves nxt uk stipulation match between Clay williams and amir jordan which will main event tonight's show we kicked off the action of the night with a match between Ilver Dragunov and Dave Mastiff. Dragunov came into the match with a point to prove to himself and the fans that he can control his focus and aggression. Uh, this was proved not to be the case when the match was uh, ended within a few minutes of the bell due to an injury to Mastiff caused by a misjudged elbow to the face from Dragunov. Both solved the injury well and helped uh, play into the ducks and demons dragging off his partner and the competitor. Um, this was a great way to progress the storyline and made uh, Dragunov shows uh, such as character that without looking weak and picking up a loss. So hopefully that can continue and he can keep building that and it develops into a good storyline. And I really don't want him to look weak. So I'm not sure how they're going to manage that week in, week out. So we'll, we'll intrigued to see how that works. Um, Nine dollars next up in the episode of the Supernova Sessions. Just think like a poor man's version of Miss TV and you'll get the idea. Their guest was Nathan Fraser, formerly known as Ben Carter. He answered a few questions and was mocked heavily by Dot, which eventually led to a match being set up uh, for next week under Heritage Cup rules. Uh, the less said about this segment, the better. It truly was an awful, awful segment and reminded me of a Christmas pantomime. Uh, those not aware of a Christmas pantomime, uh, be prepared for a cultural awakening when you Google that later. Trust me. Uh, next up, they ran a very long VT with Tyler Bate and A-Kid looking back on their previous matches um, and the Heritage, Heritage Cup match from their past year. Both talked about how they made mistakes and what they needed to work on moving forward. They both paid respects to each other throughout. And honestly, if they build this right, I truly believe these two could create something that's really special, uh, possibly even on par with what Golgana and Champa managed in NXT during their saga. Um, in only the second match of the night, after half an hour into the show, um, we saw Saxon Huxley against Trent Seven. Uh, Trent came into the match looking in amazing shape and was much more agile than he previously has been. After the bell, which the hard-hitting contest with Saxton leading for most of the early part, um, Sam Bradwell appeared on the screen mid-match to taunt Seven for never being able to be the star and get the job done. Um, this seemed to put a real fire into Trent, and he fought back with some song shots and eventually a snapdragon suplex and a lariat to take the win. The match was very good throughout and a great way to showcase Saxton and also progress the feud with Gravwell for seven. Um, I'd give this a solid two and a half star, as it seemed less about the match and more about the external factors at play and building characters in the storylines. Um, throughout the night, we're showing. Promos from all the women competing in the women's gauntlet match, which we're now told is happening next week. Um, we got to the last promo video to be shown Zaya Brookside being attacked backstage by Jealous ML, who was furious at being overlooked for the match. It'll be interesting to see how it develops and if Zaya will be able to compete next week. Um, just like that, we're into the main event. Uh, Williams and Jordan both fired up for this. And it's a fast pace from the start, with both of them having early opportunities. 
a typical WWE style match quickly developed into a no DQ stipulation and we saw a variety of weapons and equipment being used outside the ring. Uh, you, often, you often wonder why these things are left lying around. They're like flight cases, chairs. It's just random. Like, why is all this stuff lying around? But I digress. Uh, we saw a lot of back and forth between both men, uh, with neither willing to slow the pace. Uh, the match saw a number of hard-hitting attacks and near falls. Eventually, Williams managed to get the advantage over Emmy and Jordan, spiking into a skull-crushing finale into the steel chair to win the match. Um, the loss ending at a very dejected Emmy Jordan packing from NXT UK. Overall, the match was okay, but felt very rushed and didn't really do justice to the build. Given more time and a slow pace, it would have been a great match, but unfortunately, I'm only giving this a two-star. Um, with only two completed matches this week, um, real disappointment. I can't pretend I enjoyed it at all. Uh, it also means that this was overall rating is pretty pointless with only two scores to go on. Uh, next week has a lot of promise, and the brand sure needs it after this abysmal episode. Sorry to get down over that. It's a real hard week to find NXT UK. This is Matt Novak, and that is the NXT UK report. All right, Matt. You know what? I have to agree with them. The guys saying that there's only two matches on an hour show. You got to fill it up. I mean, mm-hmm. Impact back in the day had an hour show. They would give you three, four matches. So you can't give me a bunch of backstage segments. It has to be it, more than two matches, you know? There, there's room, there's room on in one hour to get a lot in. Absolutely. Yep. It's like a replace, like you just get rid of have one or two segments and more matches. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, thank you, Matt, for that NXT UK report. It is now time for the rumors. And rumor has it Tony Diaz is dealing with some hemorrhoidal problems. So uh we wish your hemorrhoids uh get better, Tony, and uh good luck with that. Uh yeah. Clay, injury report. I have no injuries this week. All right. Sounds good to me. Let's jump straight into the hot tag news. Dominic Mysterio, should he wear a mask? You know what? I'm thinking about it. And, yes, I said this before. The kid is not good looking. He needs a mask. (laughs) You know, the one thing I always said about Rey Mysterio is, like, he looked like a baby, but he was adorable. He was cute. He had a nice-looking face. Dominic, on the other hand, he looks like Shrek. And, uh, oh, no, damn. So damn. Dominic should wear the mask. I think he should be Prince Mysterio. I think he dropped the ball from a long time ago when he was fighting Seth Rollins. He should have became Prince Mysterio. Um, maybe one day when Ray retires, Ray drops his mask and Dominic picks it up. That would be a cool thing. But I 1,000% believe that Dominic should be wearing a mask. Clay. I, I'd have to disagree with you, Rick. I think Dominic should just stay the way he is, uh, trying to set away from his dad and try to be his own, like be his own person type deal. Now, what you said is a cool idea. When Ray finally does retire, hand his mask down, then wear it. But at the same time, I feel like Dominic, we already know what his face is from as a, from when he was a kid in like 2005 coming up. And especially now that he is wrestling full time, it'd be kind of pointless now to wear a mask, in my opinion. Okay. Oh, well, you know what? That That's wrong because you disagree with me. Uh, <laughs> Elio, what are your thoughts? I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say yes, because everyone sees him now. Like he's a mystery of son. This guy needs to go and uh, he needs his own identity to, to like set him apart. Man. So by wearing the mask, he's going to separate himself. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, just like uh, create his own identity. Put a mask on. Put a mask on. Okay. Yeah. Now, what kind of mask would you want to see? You want to see something similar to Ray, or it's just something totally different? Oh, um, see something a little similar, but like not exactly the same as Ray's. Like, what about a like a Hayabushi kind of mask? You know, like a. Cover just the mouth and just have his face, his top of his face. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. You know, the way I look at it is just like Dominic, I agree with you, needs to have his own identity. But at the end of the day, his lineage, his Rey Mysterio ness 
is in him. And he needs oh. to promote that. He needs to push that. You know, um, maybe just come out like Andrade used to. Have the mask in the beginning and then take it off when you get into the ring. That's that, that would I would be on board with that. Like, that would be kind of cool. Have different yeah. different masks every week, not the same one. Uh, yep. I wouldn't even mind think about this. What uh, Penta wore that kind of mask type thing? Yep. It, even if Dominic is like a heel at one point, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Yeah. So uh, Dominic Mysterio, we got two out of three say he should wear a mask. Clay is wrong and says that he shouldn't <laughs> wear a mask. But you know what? This is his POV, and when your POV is wrong, we're gonna call you out on it. All right. For sure. <laughs> with that being said. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash WrestlingPOV. Purchase a t-shirt today. We have an abundance of shows, and with the t-shirt money that we make for $19.99 plus shipping and handling, we get to give you those shows. We have five t-shirts available, two Wrestling POV Global shirts and three Wrestling POV Podcast shirts. Make sure you check it out. We have an abundance of shows, like I said, like this every Saturday, we have Wrestling POV Podcasts where we cover everything WWE with Clay Cummings, Rick Sorrell III, and Tony Diaz, and his hemorrhoids. And, of course, we have Wrestling POV Global every Thursday with Elio Canella, TJ Logan, and Andy Anderson. Uh, they cover everything AEW, MLW, Impact, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and so much more. They have Elite Delete and The Hot Topic. You don't want to miss out on that. Um, of course, we have every Wednesday WPOV Quarantine, where we just had Bruce and Ross Hart appear on the show. You don't want to miss out on these shows, guys. Check it out. It's our YouTube-based show. Um, it has amazing guests. We've had Bushwhacker Luke. We've had Ron Fuller. We've had Savio Vega. We've had Dino Brown and so much more. Make sure you check it out every week, every Wednesday. And, of course, we have our Wrestling POV Aftermath show, which after every pay-per-view, they have, uh, we have the show and we discuss it in full. We go through every single match and we crown a new wrestling POV champion and the turn award for last place. Of course, currently Tony Diaz is the champion and I, of course, am in last place. And I am the turn award winner. But this week coming up, we have WrestleMania Backlash. You don't want to miss out. Make sure you play. Get your grannies, get your uncles, get your cousins to play. It's a great time. Uh, Clay has his wife play, and she's going to beat him this upcoming week. I guarantee it. <laughs> well, I'll uh, make sure she listens to that one. So at, yes. least she's got, at least she's got one fan cheering for her. Yes. Let's go, Kaylee. <laughs> All right. With that being said, just like my throat is right now, we're about to get raw. All right. We're going to go over raw notes this week and this week in wrestling. Um, my uh, lowest point for Monday Night Raw this week had to have been the Garza defeating Drew Gulak. I was not impressed by this match. I just thought it was a pointless match. I gave it a one. I also gave a one to AJ and Omos and New Day's promo in the beginning. I gave it a one. I was just not happy with it. I just, like, this was your big return, and it just didn't do it for me. Like, come on, guys. Do better. Do better. Elio, what is your low points of Monday Night Raw this week? So my low points, um, of course, I gave the one to Druko, Archangel Garza, and um, Shayna Baszler and uh, Nia Jackson, Lana Naomi. Okay, okay. Uh, give that was, one a point five. Give that a point five. What was so bad about it? I don't know. I'm just uh, like just uh, this team isn't working for me. Lana Naomi and uh, yeah. Nia Jackson, uh, Shayna Baszler appeared against like any tag team. Like they don't really even have any teams besides them. Yep. No, I agree with you. All, all the other ones are just like uh, makeshift put together teams. Not that they're not, but I'm saying. No, I get you. Uh, Clay, low points. For me, one of my low points was the Miz and Morrison promo. I gave it a one. Uh, just the whole spiel of what Miz's accolades are, and then the whole like storyline, like John Morrison talk about me type thing. Like I don't. If they're trying to build another rivalry with Miz and Morrison, I don't want it. Yeah. I don't think anybody wants it. So I just I didn't feel that that was a good promo to me. And I have to agree with uh, Elio on Naomi and Lana versus Nia and Shayna. I also gave it a one. 
credit. Yes, I know they didn't get much time. And for a tag team title match, it was just too short. Uh, and I get it with the timing wise. So I gave that a one. Got you. Um, my high points of Monday Night Raw, my highest point was Alexa's Playground. I gave it a 3.5. I think Alexa is rolling, man. I cannot mm -hmm. wait for this in ring return. Now, the one thing I will say is don't drag it out any longer. You know, right. by next week or the week after, she needs to make an appearance. This can't keep going on forever. She needs to be there. Um, I gave that a three and a half. That was my highest point. Uh, Elio, what was your high point of Raw this week? Yeah, for me, it was that Alexa's uh, playground. Gave that one a three. Nice. But yeah, like like you said, I want to see her back soon. Yep, I got you. Clay, high point of Raw. Well, I was going to try to be different, but I agree 100% with you guys. Alexa's Playground, I gave it a three. Really enjoyed it. Just the whole Lily thing, creepy as hell. And I think, honestly, this was the creepiest promo that she has done. Like, Lily made me do it. She's got an eye on somebody, blah, blah, blah. Especially, especially when uh, the camera just, like, focusing on Lily's face to end yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> but. I'm like, I agree 100% with you guys. We can't keep doing these vignettes. I'm ready for Alexa to come in and do her thing. Like, she is killing it. Yeah. And I also gave a two and a half to Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman. I honestly thought this match was going great uh, with hard hitting, and those two actually put on a good show. But then Drew came out and, you know, did that whole ordeal. So I gave it a two and a half. It was okay. So, all right, you know, you know what it is with me? I'm not a big fan of the big guys going head to head, it just doesn't yeah. look good. I gave that match a one and a half, to be honest. It just wasn't for me. I just don't like the, it's just too much meat, too much man meat <laughs> in one ring. It just <laughs> doesn't do it for me. But I will say this the WWE is listening to us, guys. You know, I, we say this every week. You know, Tony Diaz last week talked about Mansoor being undefeated, and all of a sudden, Mansoor <laughs> loses his first match in WWE TV to Sheamus. <laughs> I mean, if they're not listening, what the hell is going on? Vince is like, oh, shit, Mansoor got to lose next week. <laughs> you know what? Uh, overall, I gave Raw this week a 1.9. Elio? 1.8. Okay, Clay? I gave it a 1.9 as well. All right. Let's go into AEW Dynamite. Boom. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, Clay, high points. Oh, uh, high points for me was the whole inner circle versus pinnacle uh, blood and guts match. I gave it a three and a half. Uh, reason being, the match was great in itself, but I agree with a bunch of what Global said. The camera angles kind of just killed the whole match in general for me. Like, at certain times where they were throwing each other at the cage, it was like, well, they're pointing at Sammy's head. You know, it's just like you're not seeing the impact hit. But I think everybody did great in this match. I think Pinnacle needed to win this to establish as a team. Uh, but, you know, and even... And what Clay was saying is just the, the camera angles was all over the place. It's just one of those things where um, it, it just it, – it was just a clusterfuck to me. Honestly, I, I couldn't have made this my highest point. You know, for me, it wasn't my highest point. My highest point, shockingly, was Britt Baker defeating Julia Hart. Now, I know, I know, it was a squash match. But you know what? It was a perfectly done squash match, and I can appreciate that, especially on a show like this where you have a lot of chaos going on. Like, I'm not going to cheer for Cody and QT. I'm sorry. I'm not going to cheer for Mox and Kingston. And uh, the, the inner circle pinnacle match, it was good, but it wasn't the greatest. Clay, finish your thoughts on this whole pinnacle inner circle match. Just basically the camera angles to me was kind of bad with it. I feel like Pinnacle needed to win this uh, just to establish dominance as a team. Jericho getting pushed off the stage, that was good. Uh, as much as I can't stand MJF, though, as a heel, it's kind of like, uh, uh. But, I mean, it, it wasn't the greatest blood and guts match in the world, but 
for AEW, it was it was decent. Yeah, if you go back and check MLW, MGF, same character you play in MLW, he's doing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never been a fan of MGF. No, but okay, yeah, Rick, Rick, yeah, you already yeah, did my, your high point, right? Yeah, my high point was the like I said, Britt Baker. I thought I thought I think she's the best thing going right now for and, AEW. And you know what? I'm actually gonna surprise you because that's one of my high points as well. Britt Baker, nice. Julia Hart, either number three, and uh, the Blood and Guts, I gave a three as well. So those are my two high points for that one. All right. All right, cool. All right, Rick, My lowest point was Mox and Kingston defeating Nakazawa Ooh. and Omega. I gave that a one. Uh, I'm not for it, man. I just this this shouldn't have happened. This should have happened last week. This made no sense. Um, Nakazawa doesn't belong in the AEW ring. There, I said it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You're not that's wrong. Right. Yes, thank you. <laughs> that's my take on. Uh, that's my low point for AEW. Hey, Clay. My low point for uh, AEW was Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall. I gave it a one. I was just not into this match. As most of you guys know, I cannot stand QT Marshall. I am done with that whole ordeal. And the fact that this match lasted as long as it did. Like, you're going to tell me that QT Marshall was going with Cody and then Cody's ego, you know, I I can't stand Cody's ego now. It's just, I'm not for it at all. And so, and of course, he got the win. So, and he beat the top guy in the factory. Like, right. you already beat the boss. Who's, what's next? You yeah. know? Anthony Gogo. Like, like, really? And that's like playing Super Mario Brothers. You just uh, go from, you just uh, avoid all the Koopas. You just go straight to the boss. Yeah. Right. You know? But not sure how that happens. <laughs> Elliot, what was your little point? My little points, okay, I got that one, Moxley and um, Kingston gave that one a one, and that's yeah, so what I had, uh, Cody and uh, QT Marshall, I just, I just, uh, I gave it a two, but I wasn't, I didn't, I liked the, uh, did you notice know referees spots, though, in that match? Yeah. Like, you take the belt away from Cody, but then QT takes out his own belt and, hit, and hits <laughs> Cody right in front of the referee. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, this is an ODQ match. And then QT puts his heads out on Anderson, and referees, he checked Anderson from right side. Just makes no sense, Elio. <laughs> you try to make sense of this, it just, it's just nonsense, Elio. Nonsense. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like a whole bunch of nonsense. <laughs> All right. Overall, I gave AEW this week a 1.8. Clay? I also gave it a 1.8. All right. Yeah, Elio. I went with a 2. Oh, a 2. Okay. All right, Elliot. That was your 2. <laughs> All right, Clay? All right. Then we're going to NXT POV Mamma Mia. We've got some bad news. There hey, we go. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping you'd do that, man. <laughs> uh, low points for me was the uh, Karrion Cross promo. Uh, just with yeah. me, I just feel like they are killing Karrion as a character itself. And like, like Rick has been saying, and it's true. Like it, you can't tell me that. I mean, Karrion, yes, is dominant, but he needs to be quiet. He needs to be out there killing people instead of this, oh, I'm going, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, you're killing the character. And then yep. once Kyle O'Reilly come out, Pete Dunn come out, and it's it, – I get it all – Balor. I'm and done Balor. with Finn Balor. I'm done with I, Balor. Well, I'm coming. Like, no, stop, dude. Like, no, we've already seen that. And then Gargano. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Don't get me started with that. <laughs> so I gave it a one. And I also gave a one to Jake Atlas versus LA Knight. Uh, yeah. Just, again, yep. I just didn't enjoy this match. I gave it a one. Kind of find it pointless. So that's just with me. Rick, what was your low points of NXT? My low point was the carrying cross promo. I gave it a one. I totally agree with everything you said about that. I also gave a one and a half to the Legado del Fantasma promo. I am over them. I'm sorry. I know, like, I really love Escobar, but I really am over them. Go to the main roster, man. What are you doing? 
And I've also given 1.5 to Swerve Scott defeating Leon Ruff. I, I did not like that. I see how they added AJ Francis and Adonis, but I don't know who the woman's name. I don't know who that is. I'm interested. I am interested in how they, what they're going to do. So we will see where they go with this whole group thing. I'm not the biggest Swerve Scott fan, but we will see where they go with it. Well, you know, that's that's my take on uh, on my low points of NXT this week. Yeah, I mean NXT was a solid show in general. So I would just I would just say those were definitely the low points. Um, Elio, what was your low points? Oh, my low points, Karrion Cross. I gave it a point five, and I'm done with Finn Balor. I mean, when he came out, it's like Karrion Cross, been there, done that. No, stop. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they got a little fantastic. and gave that one a one as well. All right. High points for me, I I gave to Shotzi and Ember versus Candice and Indy Hartwell. I Ooh. gave I gave it a three. Uh, you know, I thought this was a solid match for what they did and adding uh Loomis with the whole mix. That was that was okay. Um also new tag champs. So that was that was pretty cool to see, you know, just and I also gave a three to Grizzled Young Veterans versus Ciampa and Thatcher. I thought this was a good technical match. I thought they worked well together. But again, I just wish they would push grizzled young veterans instead of having them lose more like i feel like yeah. this needs to be more you know more on the winning side than on the losing but you know that's just that's just me elio what was your high points of nxt so high points i got um uh the way versus uh shotzi blackheart and ember moon they gave that one a three and i also i have all uh, the um that little that segment with uh, Kimmy Grimes and DiBiase. When Kimmy yeah. Grimes is trying to get you. Now instead of going to the moon, he's going to the VIP lounge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one to three. All right. And Rick? You know what? I am a Timothy Thatcher big fan, so I have to go with my man Th- Thatcher and Chomp for defeating Grizzled Young Veterans. Gave it a three and a half. Really solid match. Loved it. Loved the aggression. Loved the technicality of it all. It was awesome. I have to agree with you on that one. Also, I have to say, the camera grind is Teddy Biasi. Woo! Teddy Biasi! Got me again! Hate Teddy Biasi. Um, I, I, I definitely know what it is to be got by Teddy Biasi. I paid the man, and he got me again. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's my high points of NXT this week. All right. And overall, I gave NXT a 2.05. Rick, what'd you give it? I gave it a 2.1 this week. All right. And Elio? I give it a 2.2. Wow. Nice. All right. It is now time for the SmackDown Breakdown. Suck it. All right. We got the throwback to the SmackDown. Oh, 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 man. The question is, was this a throwback to WWE or was this a throwback to SmackDown? Because SmackDown has not been around since the 80s, but we had an 80s feel. You mm. had Michael Cole wearing an Attitude Era shirt and you had uh, Pat McAfee wearing a 1980s outfit. It just didn't make sense. And you didn't have the fist. You didn't have the red, white, and blue ropes. What were you going for? I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. Guys, before we get into our highs and lows, what was your take on the whole throwback episode, Clay? I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and like you said, it kind of didn't make sense at the same time because it felt more like an 80s feel, like you said. And SmackDown was originally in 1999. So it was just, you know, it was kind of weird in that sense. Um, I, I'm kind of iffy on Teddy Long coming back. Because that was kind of pushing it to me. I just like, okay, one appearance is great, but to make two or three other matches is like, okay. But yeah. it, it was okay. For, yeah, but Sami Zayn was going to face The Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> and, King, and King Booker. And yeah, it's just, uh, okay. Elliot, what was your take on the throwback episode of SmackDown? You know what? That, the, the opening. I love the opening. It was like yeah. I was back in 85. Yeah. Yes. Because I, just, sure. I love that. 
It's like we could put that in today. You put instead of WWE symbol, you put the WPOB symbol. Yes. Yeah, there you a go. A symbol of excellence in podcast entertainment. Exactly. I agree <laughs> with you, Elio. Um, all right, my low points for SmackDown, I had to be Tamina defeating Reginald uh, by disqualification. I gave that a 0.5. It was just god-awful. And you know what? The ending promo with Roman and the Usos, listen, I like where they were going with it, but it just just felt like overacting. And, it, and so I gave it a one. There's just a lot of overacting. I'm glad that Jimmy's back. Um, we'll see where they go. Maybe Jimmy costs Cesaro the match at the pay-per-view. We'll see. Uh, Elio, what was your low point in SmackDown? Yeah, my low point was Tamina and Reginald. Give that a point five. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Clay, low points. Same thing. Reginald versus Tamina. I gave it a point five. Also, I didn't understand where they were going with this at all. We're having. We get it. Reginald can do flips. We get it. Reginald can do certain move sets. Okay, why do you need a match with Reginald? It just this whole thing. It didn't build anybody per se. So I was just like, this is a waste of time. Yeah. And also, and also, I agree with what you said, Rick. At the end of the show, I, they had good promos uh, with Roman and the Usos throughout the show. And you know, I'm happy, like you said, that Jimmy is back. But I feel like they're doing the same storyline, but with Jimmy instead of Jay. Like yeah. back back when that was going on. And it's like we've already done this. Like, yep. you know, and Jimmy's, oh, I'm not going to be a bitch. Well, eventually, you probably you will be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sorry to say, but eventually you will fall in line. So <laughs> acknowledge me. Right. Shoot. All right. My highest point, this is going to shock some of you. Ding dong. Hello. It's the Bailey promo. I gave it a three. Listen, man, I don't know what Bailey's doing, but Bailey, keep doing it, baby girl. You look it. Good. You looking like you got swagger. You got that little attitude of yours. I love it. I think she's doing a great job as a heel. I love the hair. I love the attitude. I love the outfit. I really am feeling Bailey with this new attitude. Gave it a three. Elio, what was your high points on Yeah, um, I love that segment as well. I gave that one a three, and I also gave Seth Rollins and Cesaro. I gave that one a three. Absolutely. That definitely deserves it. Uh, Clay. I gave a three and a half to Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. I thought this was a great match uh, to have these two guys go at it. And, you know, adding this uh, stipulation of if he beats Seth, then he moves on to Roman. That was great. And yep. uh, I thought the match in general was a really good match. So I gave it three and a half. All right. And, and was anybody not intrigued by the 10-man tag match with the old school backstage segments? How cool was that with with Apollo and, and Sami Zayn and all that and the heels and then the faces? You got Kevin Owens and Big E and the Street Profits and Nakamura. I thought that was awesome, that backstage mm -hmm. segment. I thought it was one of those really cool yeah. old, old school things. And I need to bring it back. Bring back the segments, man. The backstage stuff, man. That was that so cool to have that. Yeah. For sure. And even like, not, I'm not even thinking about it like that, but you're right. It's, it's, you know, back in the day type deal. It got you somewhat pumped for the match going. Uh, so yeah, it was, it yeah. was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Overall, you smacked on this week a 1.9. Uh, Elio, what do you got? 1.7. All yeah. right. And uh, Clay? I gave it a two. All right. So, it is now time for Raw versus AEW versus NXT versus SmackDown. Currently, Raw, NXT, and SmackDown have won. AEW still hasn't gotten out of the zero spot, but hey, it's still early on. We're going to do this up until WrestleMania of next year, and we'll see who we're going to crown as champion. Um, for me, I have it as NXT with a 2.1, Raw and SmackDown with a 1.9, and AEW with a 1.8 this week. Um, so I'm going to go with NXT. I'm going to stick with my points. Uh, Elio, what do you got? Uh, so I'm looking at my notes. I've got NXT, Raw, SmackDown. No, NXT, AEW, Raw, and SmackDown. I'm going with NXT this week. All right, Clay. 2.2. And I would have to agree. I'd go, in my notes, going NXT, SmackDown, Raw, and AEW. So 
I'm going to say NXT this week. All right. So NXT going up two to Raw's one to SmackDown's one to AEW zero. AEW has to make changes and they need to start doing it now. I don't mm-hmm. know where they're going with this whole inner circle pinnacle thing, but it needs to be done with. I think the inner circle needs to be done with. I think Santana Ortiz need to go out on their own. Did you see how vicious they looked in that yes. match? Yes. They need to go out on their own. That's going to save AEW. Build the tag team division up and put the belts on Santana Ortiz as quickly as possible. And I agree with you there. I feel like they're already doing that. Uh, splitting, not really splitting the inner circle, but with Chris Jericho getting thrown off the stage like he, or the cage like he did, I feel like this is a perfect opportunity for Santana Ortiz to do a thing, Sammy to do his own thing, and even Hager to do his own thing. So, and even like Pinnacle, you know, made themselves a dominant team. So maybe they're just rolling with that and inner circles, you know, gonna fade away. Yeah. Uh, Elio, what do you think? Santana Ortiz running together? Yeah, I was also going to say, you know what? Why not put Kingston with them? Okay. Mm-hmm. They did have that run in Impact mm-hmm. LAX. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. I definitely would love to see that. All right, let's open up the book. Well, you know what? I have all the pages torn out. The only names that I see is Clay Cummings is still in the book. And I, have, I have a question for Clay. Yes. Okay. Clay, we're friends, right? Colleagues, if I may. Of course. What did you do to get yourself put in the book? I don't, you know, and I don't know. Because around the same time, Rick and I both got in the book. But for some reason, Rick gets taken out. And I'm still in it. Rick, what egregious act of atrocity has this man perpetrated to get land him in the book? Well, I'll tell you that egregious thing, but we don't have enough time to go over it. <laughs> no. I will tell you this, Clay, that you do know what you need to do to get out of the book. You just haven't done it yet. So <laughs> until you do that, then you're still in the book. With well, that, why not make it for Clay to be and, removed? <laughs> Tony Diaz and his hemorrhoids are now in the book. <laughs> in the book. <laughs> and you know what? Ted DiBiase just made the book. Oh. You just made the book, Teddy Biasi. Damn you, Teddy Biasi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that being said, we're going to close out the show here. Um, I will give you guys a five-second shuffle game. It's going to be a head-to-head matchup, just like we used to do back in the day, old school. I'm going to do one song. The first person to get it is going to win the game. Okay, so... With that being said, I am your host, the third wheel, Rick Serrano the third, along with the $50 man, Clay Cummings, and the gentleman, Elio Canella. Love, peace, and wrestling. We'll see you next week. Peace out. All right, you guys ready? Yep. All right, the first person to chime in. Here we go. Money, money, money. Ted Money. Yeah, Clay Cummings with the win. We don't own the rights. Money, 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 money.